Well, it's been another day of waiting. My anxiety is through the roof. <laughs> uh, I guess I should talk about my plan. I'm pretty proud of it, actually. I had Jamie modify one of the down drones to fly up to the tunnel closer to the surface where it would be able to transfer a message. I basically created a media packet full of data. It has records, a write-up, and pictures of the biome. It's being sent to an old sorority sister who works for NPR. I'm pretty sure I saw that she recently got promoted. She was always so passionate about reporting. I'm sure she'll do fine. Well, it's kind of the story of the century, I suppose. I've already thrown my career away at this point. I just hope this coverage is enough to save the biome. End of audio log 23. Yo, 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 what's going on, you guys? This is your favorite video game podcast. This is your host, Brandon. And this is Blake. And we're coming at you with a special episode today. This is episode 52, almost getting close to a year here. With the episode, have, have we been doing? Oh, like a year in like weeks? Like yeah, 50, exactly. Yeah, I think it's like 56. Is that what's in a year? I believe 56 weeks is yeah. in a year. But I think we're coming up on our close to our two years of when we've been recording. But like, I guess like a year and a half of posting. So yeah, hey, we've been doing it for a while, man. Yeah. We're, we're established now, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> At our 50th episode, and we're just kind of chugging along. We're a middle-aged podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. By the time we get to 56, we're going to have to get the senior discount, man. (laughs) Man, actually, do do your parents or grandparents, do they ask for senior discounts? (laughs) My dad does sometimes when we're out for breakfast. He'll he'll ask for a senior discount. That's hilarious. Dude, you're not even old. I think, I don't know why. Sometimes they give it to him, sometimes not. (laughs) At that point, you got to give it to them, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I think my grandpa always would do that. I think it's just like a joke because I think my grandpa would used to do it just like all the time everywhere. Like, I think one time we were going to the hardware store and he like asked for a senior discount. I was like, grandpa, I don't don't think they do that at Lowe's, man. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you never know. That's a good idea. I'll remember that. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, dude. I don't, man. Can you imagine if we got like a senior discount on like the Nintendo store? Oh man, like on digital purchases. That'd be genius. And the metaverse. That would actually be really cool if you got like rewarded for like years that you've been a subscriber, something like that, or like years history of digital purchases. That would be cool. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyways man i think you're definitely onto something there but like, hey, actually that would be cool it would be nice if there was like loyalty program with playstation xbox whatever but yeah so i wanted to tell you brand i had this story that i wanted to tell you so i started a new job recently which i'm pretty excited about it's been congratulations a lot of, thank you man thank you it's been a lot of learning i've had to <laughs> one day they kind of sat me down on in my first week and they were like just read this book this morning and it was like a hundred plus page book of terms. They were actually inco terms. Do you know what inco terms are? E-N-C-O. I-N-C-O. No, I don't know. So basically inco terms are kind of, <laughs> it's a term that would describe the legal 
document that would be necessary for a type of shipping contract. So for example, there's different encode terms would specify different legal documents that you would need for if you're going to be shipping something and the contract is fulfilled when the goods are set next to the boat, or if the contract is fulfilled when the goods are loaded onto the boat, or if the goods are fulfilled when they're taken off the boat, or if they're taking off after the transport. So it's like each one of those like variables has a different contract associated with it. And I had to learn all that on a Tuesday morning. So <laughs> definitely my, my brain has been a little, a little fried recently, just learning a bunch of stuff. But what I wanted to tell you, man, is I feel like I've gotten soft. Uh, so. what, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> so I've been going into the office, man. I think it's like three days a week is kind of what I'm doing right now. Yeah. And my first day, day one, I put dress pants, dress shirt, tie, you know, going to the office. And as I'm walking, I get to the office. I'm like, you know, my, my feet hurt a little bit. And I was like, you know, I, I think it's fine. And then after like walking around the office, getting like a tour, meeting some people, I was like, oh no, like I've definitely, I've definitely got a blister on each foot. And I was like, how is that even possible? I walk around all the time. Like, what is this? And by the end of the day, it just got worse and worse. And when I took my shoes off when I got home, you could just see like these bl- like blisters had popped. Oh like my God. feet were bleeding. And I was like, what is going on here? So I've gotten soft, man. The dress shoes are just not for the work from home, man. Wow. What dress shoes are you doing? Just normal dress shoes. And it's funny because I've, I've worn them to two weddings you know, since COVID. So I was, I was just really surprised that walking around did that to me, but you know, I wonder if, you know, cause like our feet, I think they, they can like get calloused very quickly. So I think that it's just one of those things where it was just like soft, the skin didn't need to be hard. So it like got soft and then now it's like fine again, but it was crazy, man. My body, my body was getting used to the work from home lifestyle. <laughs> You're really getting comfortable there. Having your feet out. Uh huh. I really do miss working in sweatpants. <laughs> That's the best. Yeah, it's nice, but it's also nice seeing people and being in an office. So I, I did like that. Got some nice views. I definitely I take that for granted, man. Like being able to work in sweatpants. Because yesterday I met a friend up after work, and I was in sweatpants, and he was like, "They let you wear those?" And I was like, "Yeah." And he was like, "Oh man, Patagonia is the best." yeah it is yeah it's nice it's nice to be able to like because i mean like truthfully if you're like physically more comfortable you're gonna be able to perform better so it's just kind of weird to me but i mean like at some point you gotta i don't know you just gotta be professional i guess if if that's you know what what you want to put out there got some blisters man (laughs) but you know where i don't have blisters on my fingers (laughs) running the sticks (laughs) But dude, I wanted to, to talk to you about some games today, man, because after all, this is the Sticky Buttons podcast, a pretty chill video game podcast. Where we talk about the games we love and the game that I love, Brandon, is Pokemon Legends Arceus. So I saw the credits, so to speak. Okay. So I finished the game. Where did you leave off on that? I definitely am not even like halfway through the, the story mode. I was just exploring a lot. 
definitely got pretty far in the Pokédex completing that. So, yeah, that's actually, you're reminding me to get back on the game. I think I'm in a a good headspace to crack that game out again. Hey, you never know, man. I truthfully, like, to be honest, I mean, I think both of us, we kind of set it down when Elden Ring came out. Yeah. It was really hard to get back into it, to be honest. And I kind of just, I was sitting there looking at my Pokédex and I was kind of like, you know, I was really enjoying this, but I really just want to see the end. I really just want to see the end of the story. And that makes sense. I kind of rushed through it a little bit. I mean, I didn't rush through it, but I kind of just like very much. I was like, all right, I'm going to see it through. I'm going to see through the story. And man, it was one of those things where I thought it was based on where the story was and like where the plot lines were kind of going. I, I had thought that it was, I was going to be done with it in two hours and that two hours turned into two days of me playing for close to like five plus hours. And I was just like, just exhausted by the end of it and so tired. And I, you know, you have to remind yourself, like, this is a game for kids. I mean, well, it's a game for everybody. And if it's a game for everybody, you know, a lot of the times it's with kids in mind. And man, I just felt like the end was just such a drag. I was just such like, so exhausted by the end of it. Although I really thought it was cool, but it was kind of like, oh, you did this thing. Oh, well, now we need this other thing in order to do this other thing. And it was kind of just like hours of doing something then going to get something else to do another thing. And then that's not the end. And the thing is, Brandon, I'm I'm being kind of very vague because I don't want to spoil anything. But at the end of it, it's still not the end. Like I did not meet Arceus. I didn't see the end of the game because I didn't complete the Pokedex. So like, even though the story is fulfilled, you still have to complete the Pokedex. And I I have like a hundred plus Pokemon in there that not only that I need to catch, but also that I need to get them to level 10 in the Pokedex. And I'm, I don't know, I'm kind of just like, it's going to take me like at least another 10 hours if I'm being optimistic, you know? So that's a real, that's a real optimistic estimate. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of, and I wanted to ask you where you're at with Pokemon. Cause I think we both, when, when Elden Ring came off and you bounced off of this, I think we had had a conversation maybe off the show that we were both kind of feeling a little burnt out on Pokemon. How, yeah, you- no, totally. I would agree. I mean, I was definitely burnt out. I felt like Elden Ring was the perfect thing to just, you know, take my attention away from Pokemon. And it has been, I have not played any Pokemon besides, you know, I wanted to talk about Pokemon Go. That's the only Pokemon I've been playing. And, and yeah, I wouldn't say I'm burnt out. I know that you wanted me to play one of the fan-made versions. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten around to that, but I'm looking forward to that because it's not like quite a Pokemon. Dude, that's a great segue, man. I want to talk to you about a fan game. So I guess really quick on that. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if truthfully me feeling burnt out was just because, like, I wanted to get to the end of Arceus and then I got to the end and it's not the end. Yeah, I don't know if that was it, but like there very much was like we played a lot of Pokemon last year and into the beginning of this year with like Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl coming out and then immediately. Uh, Especially you, bro. I mean, like think about it. You were playing even before BDSP, you were playing a lot of Sword and Shield. Yeah, because I I really wanted to. You completed that Pokedex, no? Yeah, yeah. That actually that. And in order to do that, I had to buy Shield and then beat that game. (laughs) So I have played so much Pokemon in the last like year and a half, 
But yeah, it's cool because like the games kind of iterate off each other and it's fun to kind of like go at it annually. But like, yeah, definitely. Like there's just so many games I've played recently and I just like totally got burnt out on it. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I mean, truthfully, I feel like, I don't know if this like pandemic timing is anything to do with this, but like it really was at the end of November, BDSP came out and then like two months later, you know, Arceus comes out. I think with these games, I think it's better not to do them in one chunk. Like I think you should break them up over six months or a year. So and I think they're, they're long RPGs. And Pokemon is such a, a large company. I feel like they make games to like reach specific groups. And like not every game is meant to like capture everyone, but you're you're just such a curious person and you can play every game and written like genuinely enjoy it. So I feel like that's why you just play so much Pokemon. It makes sense that you'd be burned up because you're just playing yeah. that much Pokemon. I also think part of it is that I hadn't played one in a really long time. And I played them when I was a kid. And then I had my Game Boy in, in college. And I I think I started playing Diamond in college. And I started playing Sapphire, which were just like the games I had from when I was a kid. I just like started new save files and started. I never finished those. But I don't know. It's just something about like leaving it off at Gen 3 and 4. And then picking it up in Gen 7, which was the Pokemon Sword and Shield. I was just so blown away. And it had always been a dream of mine to play a mainline Poke game on my TV. And I could do that, like an actual console game. Which, it sounds like you shouldn't, like, it sh- that should not be a big ask for a game franchise that's been around since the 1990s. But, like, that's just crazy to me. I think, would it, brilliant, or, I'm sorry, did Pokemon Sword and Shield come out, like, 2017? That's crazy. That's like 20 years of a game franchise that you couldn't play on your TV unless you had like a GameCube with the adapter. Like who had that? (laughs) And even then, I still think you had to play. I guess I didn't have one of those, so I don't know. But I guess I think you still had to play with your actual Game Boy as the controller. I don't know if that's true or not. But anyways, I just I just really like that. And then I totally, yeah, totally got burnt out on them. And I picked up a fan game. So that's kind of where the story's going. I think that we've we've kind of been checking out some like Game Boy related things recently, just kind of looking back on that. Me specifically, I mentioned, you know, early on in our, our podcast journey, I got an emulator and I've been playing some Game Boy games on that. And one of those was this fan game called Pokemon Flora Sky. And I don't know about you, Brandon, but I've never played a fan game before. Have you? I think I have tried one, like, when I was really young. I'm just curious. I tried a, a ROM mm-hmm. that I'd seen on YouTube. It was just really good. But I, I can't quite remember the name. But it was just pretty much a play off of Pokemon Emerald. Yeah, I think it's easy to do, though. So I guess technically how it works is they they download the ROM of, like, Pokemon Fire Red or Pokemon Emerald and then they just change the locations in like they like kind of quote unquote hack it a little bit and they just change the Pokemon. Like they change the Pokedex, they change the location, change some things. And that's really cool. The reason I've never done it, I was like, how could it ever live up to like what the actual Pokemon games are? You know what I mean? That was kind of my thing. I was like, how could it ever live up? And the truth is, man, I think they do it better than the original Pokemon games. Wow. Which I, it blew me away that that's how I felt. Because listen to this. 
So with all Pokemon games, like especially in these last two that came out, you just see so many freaking Bidoofs, man. (laughs) I don't necessarily mean like the actual Pokemon Bidoof, but like you just walk onto a route and it's like, oh, this is the same Pokemon that was on the last route, which is the same Pokemon that was on the route before. And it's like, there's 400 Pokemon. Like, why are we seeing the same 10 so much? And then even if you like run up or you up against a trainer, it's like the trainer is going to use tackle when if you had that Pokemon, you would have forgotten that move. So there's a lot of criticisms of Pokemon. Like a lot of people ask for a hard mode. For me personally, I just want to see more variety. Like I wish if I could have a dream Pokemon game, there would be literally a different set of Pokemon for every route. And I think the way it is currently, like each Pokemon, there's like two Pokemon that normally appear. There's one that has like a 20% chance of appearing. And I think one that has like a 1% chance of appearing. So in any given route, there's like four or five Pokemon that you can encounter. But then it's still like, it's very repetitive. Like you'll still, even if like, there's like a Bidoof on route 101, by the time you get to route 112, it's going to be the evolved version of Bidoof. Which was it Bear Bull or whatever? You know what I'm talking about? I don't know the name of it. Do you know what it's called? I'm sorry. I kind of just blanked out. <laughs> the Bidoof's, what's Bidoof's evolved? Bear Bull? Oh, Bibberell. Bibberell. <laughs> yeah, Bibberell. Yeah, so it's like then even you see like a Bibberell on the route 112 so it's like the same pokemon but it's just the evolved form so i always find myself like wanting more variety and in the fan game that's something that totally happens and also with these i guess the mainline games that the pokemon company have they very much kind of gate the different forms or i guess different types is a better way to say it like on the first round you're only going to meet normal type pokemon but then you're going to enter a forest and you're probably going to meet some bug type Pokemon. You know what I mean? They kind of like gate it off like that. But whereas in this fan game, you meet a Pokemon on like literally the first route and you have like a chance of meeting a psychic Pokemon. And I love psychic Pokemon. But basically what I wanted to say is that definitely loving the fan Pokemon game, seeing a lot more variety of Pokemon, seeing a lot more, I guess, like fun battles. Because sometimes what happens in the normal Pokemon games is you just run into a trainer and they just like, won't. it just won't be a very challenging fight. And what they did in the like brilliant diamond and shining pearl is they absolutely like everybody that you fight up until Cynthia is like a wash. And then when you get to Cynthia, it's like her Pokemon are Eevee and Ivy trained. So she's just so hard. <laughs> I don't know why they did that, bro. It was so like kooky. Yeah, so that was probably the most challenging Pokemon fight of my life, (laughs) fighting Cynthia. So it's kind of like, what's the middle ground here? And that's just having, you know, Pokemon do some kind of strategy or like actually hit you with a move that, you know, will hurt you. You know, it's like a Pokemon or what move would a Pokemon at that level actually use? And the fan game totally does that better. You know, right now I've got an Ivysaur and a... gothita on my team right now and that's super cool i beat one gym i don't know i really like my setup right now brand because i got ivysaur which is going to be grass and poison and then gothita which is just a psychic and i think their evolved forms maybe are like psychic dark so 
I don't know, man, I'm going to have a stack team. So I'm just looking for some new members right now, but it's really cool. And I've been enjoying the variety. I've seen a crabby, a mouth, a meowth, a basculin, a couple others. So I'm just super happy with the fan game. If you're interested, this fan game is called Pokemon Floral Sky. And it's a GBA ROM, so you can run that on a GBA emulator. You can do that on a computer. If you have a MacBook, the emulator that I use is OpenEMU. So that's OpenEMU. I think it's called, I don't know, I guess it's MU, OpenEMU. So it's a pretty easy to install emulator on Mac. And there's great ones out there for Windows as well. So do you want to talk about some Elden Ring, man, or some Pokemon Go? Yeah, man, I've been playing a lot of Pokemon Go recently. I haven't been doing the raids how I used to because I just don't want to spend money on the game. But mm-hmm. I've been catching a lot of Pokemon, fighting Team Rocket grunts. Nice. And yeah, just getting back on it. I'm still level 29, and it's hard to level up at this point. Let me see what level I am. I think I might be in the same boat. Truthfully, man, I have never successfully won in a raid, and I just think that's... I don't know. I feel like I need to go to a park or something and play. But yeah, I'm I'm level 31 right now, and it took me forever to get to 31, which I don't know about you. But I just feel like it just takes for like it, it was so easy to get up to there, like up to like 28, 29, and then it just takes forever. So I think doesn't yeah. it gate you like gate you to stuff and up until you get to level 40? Like once you're at level 40, you can do everything. Is that how it works? Do you know? I'm not too sure how it works, but I've been playing this game for so long, Blake. Like, I've been playing this, this game for so long. and Has it been out for like 10 years? Pokemon Go has been out for close to 10. Didn't we do Did We didn't. What was the anniversary? Was it a five-year anniversary? It was I, a five-year anniversary, I was a right? five. Yeah, I think it was five. I don't know. 10 feels so like wrong with Pokemon Yeah, I don't think it's 10. I'm pretty positive it's not 10. But we could look it up, but I, I think we stick with our guns and that it's been around for five years, I would say. Yeah, so it seems about right. <laughs> and I've restarted too. Like, that's the thing. I remember in my other account, the Poppy Chulo 2, I was like level 25. So it sucks that I had to restart. But I'm a higher level now. And I've got Mewtwo. Never had Mewtwo before. That's cool. How'd you get Mewtwo? Did you get. Me too in a raid. Yeah, it was a mega raid event. Oh man, I'm sad. I think the only legendary Pokemon I have is Hoopa. And I got Hoopa through like research tasks. So I definitely recommend going to Central Park if you live yeah. in New York City and going to do the mega raids because there's a, almost always enough people doing them with you. Yeah, that'd be really good. That's smart. I should do that because that's. I think that would be fun. I think I might try and do that because I've never even successfully done a raid. So really, yeah, I'm missing out on some quality Pokemon. I know. Got to get rid of all the junk in my bags, <laughs> dude. Tell me about it. It's it's crazy. It's like they know they want you to they want you to spend a specific amount of money on the game if you're trying to play like a lot. Yeah, I've definitely spent like 20, 30 bucks on it, but I, it doesn't bother me just because I I really enjoyed my time with it. But it's I mean, I know what it is. <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> but 
Yeah. Well, I had really two, three other things that I want to talk about. Do you want to talk about anything else before, before uh, I jump in anything? No, you can jump in and then I can talk about Elden Ring for a little bit. I don't know if you've played okay. Elden Ring at all. Yeah, actually I have. So I could okay, so, talk about that. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Yeah, let's do that. So this is a, Brandon, I'm going to bring a whole new genre to the podcast today. Okay. What genre is that? It's a genre of game that I've never jumped into. I don't know if you have. We've definitely never talked about it. And it's like an actually an entire genre that I've always writ off. I've always written it off. I always thought it was not for me. And I think I've been proven wrong a little bit. So this genre is the roguelike genre. Are you familiar with the roguelike genre at all? I'm not familiar with it. So some popular roguelites are Dead Cells, Enter the Gungeon, The Binding of Isaac, Splunky, Splunky 2, Risk and Rain. Have you heard of any of these? Not, not really. Not I really, guess honestly. Hades and Slay the Spire a couple. So the game that I want to bring up today, I want to talk about is Hades. But before we get to that, I want to talk about the genre because I have always ridden off the genre and you and me, Brandon, we actually, we've played a game, like a lot of a game that we enjoyed quite a bit of that I would say is a roguelike, but it has never been described to me as this way. And I just feel like every time I hear about this genre, I always just like, I totally write it off because of what I've heard about it. And I think that we would both really enjoy it based on the one game that we absolutely love that is also a roguelike. So a roguelike is a game where you're doing a task and it's kind of not repetitive, but you're so like you're doing an action. So like, okay, so for Splunky, so Splunky is a platformer and like Hades, the one that I'm describing is like a, a top-down game, kind of like, like a top-down action game but it's like just combat kind of like the combat in an early Zelda or like hyper light drifter. So if you can imagine that and Splunky is like a platformer. So kind of like a Mario, like a 2d Mario. And then there's other ones like binding of Isaac, which I think is kind of like a top down shooter. So it's kind of like the dead ops arcade in call of duty. Actually dead ops arcade is a great, also, that would be a roguelike. And also, all of COD zombies are also a roguelike. So it's like you're doing an action. It could be anything, like any kind of shooter, like first-person shooter or a platformer or a top-down RPG. And it kind of like you move. I guess a common theme is you move from room to room. And every time you go into a new room, there's new enemies. Or you move into a new section and there's a new challenge. And that new challenge is procedurally generated. So it's generated by the game so it's different every time and it's kind of like the idea is that it's endless because every time you do it it's going to be different and i've always written this off because with a lot of these they're designed to be endless so it's like you're just playing to play and you never really get anywhere other than your own enjoyment of playing which i guess should be enough for me but i'm always like oh that's not for me because there's like no story or I'm not looking to waste my time when I'm playing games. I'm just looking to have a great time. You know what I mean? And sometimes just because it's like endless, you could get confused and say like, oh, this is just like wasting my time. And it's because I'm not actually like making any long-term progress. You know what I mean? So like with zombies, for example, like eventually you're going to die. And eventually like that's going to be the end of it. 
you know? Yeah. And there's something about that that I really like. I mean, I know that, you know, we played a lot of zombies and that's, that's really cool. I mean, it's a great idea. And I don't know why it had never been described to me that way, but I guess that's how I'm describing a roguelike. And I picked one up called Hades. And this one does a little, some things a little bit different, which is why I picked it up and tried it. So like, first off, it's like a top-down combat, kind of like Hyper Light Drifter. So you start off with a sword and it has, you have like a, a dash and a slash and a special, and it's really fun. And this is kind of where it's different. You can unlock, you find like a currency in your, your progress. And as you go from room to room, after you clear all the enemies in the room, you get a reward. And that reward can either be something that can help you on that run. So like it could help you in the next room, or it could be something that when you die, it can help you with a permanent upgrade. And I think that's like, that's really interesting, which I mean, Call of Duty Zombies kind of does the same thing. Like you get like a hundred dollars, you know, for killing a zombie and you can use that to buy a new gun. But you can also find a crystal and that crystal, you can upgrade that gun later. So it's kind of like the same idea, but different combat. And what's really cool about Hades is it actually, it has a story. So I know that like like COD Zombies, like technically has a story, but it's kind of convoluted. But with Hades, it's really cool because I guess the story makes sense for what's like going on in the gameplay. I feel like it doesn't happen very often. So you're Zagreus, the son of Hades, and you are trying to escape hell. And when you die, you just start back in the house of Hades. And your father's like, well, hell is inescapable. Like you'll never be able to join, you know, our, our relatives on Olympus. Like you're stuck here in hell with me. And so it's kind of like every time you die, you know what I mean? Like, of course it makes sense because you're trapped in hell. You know, you're Hades' son. And it's like, it's so cool because you get to meet all of the, the Olympian gods and you, it's really cool because you'll have like different dialogue with all of them. And it's really fun. So like, for example, there's Achilles. He's just a hero. He's not a God, but he's guarding. Like he's a, he, I guess, I don't really know how it happens, but basically because he's a hero, Hades likes him and he's basically in charge of guarding the hall of Hades. And I think it's kind of like, because you're dead, I don't know. I guess it's because like because he's dead and like you're, I guess, immortal in hell. I don't know. You can just like stay there. So like I can talk to Achilles whenever I want. And I gave him something that's like a I could use it on a permanent upgrade or I could give it to him. And I gave it to him and he gave me like a cool item. And it's really cool because like let's say you died at the same enemy again. Like let's say you two times in a row you died to the same enemy. Hades will have something to say about it. And he'll like call you out on it. That's funny. It's really cool because you'll also, you get granted boons by other gods. So in this last run that I did, I walked into a room and I could either accept a boon from Zeus or I could accept a boon from Artemis. And obviously Zeus is the the main guy of Olympus, the head god. He deals, like he's got thunder and Artemis is the god of the hunt. And I accepted Zeus's boon And then Artemis got pissed and tried to kill me. And then I like survived long enough. And Artemis was like, you know what? I'm sorry. Like I let my anger get the best of me there. Like accept this boon. 
And then I got two boons. You know what I mean? I don't know what would have happened if I had accepted the other way around, but that's so interesting. It's really cool. Yeah. I really like like the fact that like you get to meet and interact with all these like gods and there's like little bits of story elements too. And you only get like a little bit at a time, but it's a really cool, I guess it's a cool experience because the gameplay matches the story and the genre and it all just fits so well. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm really excited. But the thing is that that I'm kind of worried about this. And this is the main reason, Brandon, why I've never picked up one of these games is because in order to see the quote unquote end of the story, like I think on average, it takes like hundreds of hours, you know, because it's like you can play it pretty much endlessly. But I mean, there is a definitive end for this one, whereas like a lot of them, there's no definitive end. You know what I mean? So it's like you could literally play it forever and you could be the best player in the world and like nothing would ever come of it. But with this one, I think there is a definitive end. So this is why I picked this one up. But here I'm actually, I'm going to pull up an article really quick because I, I read an article. Let me see if I can find it. Okay. Okay. This is, this is an article that I read. It's called Plain Hades or What It's Like to Sit with Inadequacy by Sidney Bollinger. And it's in Filmmakers Without Cameras, Issue 2. And basically, they kind of talk about how they've never played a game like this. It was the most challenging thing they've ever done. And they played 100 plus hours and they never made it to the end. And then one day, like they, they did the same thing. They did different things. And then finally, one day, they just got lucky, basically, and saw the end. And they were like, I don't know. It's, it was a very compelling story. And I guess the point was, why even play this if, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're going to have that whole, like, like, hundreds of hours just to have, like, one run where you get to the end. And I think they said it was a good, like, learning experience for them. They got a lot out of it. But one thing for me, I was like, I just, I know how I play games. Like, I don't like to feel like I'm wasting my time. And... I was like, I don't know if I'm going to enjoy this. And I've always not picked one up because of that. And when I went to PAX East, which we kind of talked about in the last episode, one of my buddies or the buddy that I went with, Andrew, he has this game. I asked him to play it, if I could play it. And he let me just like try it. And I, I loved it. I thought it was so much fun to play. And like, I think that I lose that sometimes. It's like just playing a game to have fun. And Obviously, this has some other things that make it unique, but like truthfully, like just playing it to have fun is is really fun. And there are some accessibility options that I did turn on after a while. Like there's this this accessibility option called God Mode, and basically every time you die, you just get like twenty percent damage reduction. So it's like eventually I will be unstoppable, pretty much, just from the sheer amount of damage reduction that I'm gonna get. So. And I do really want to see the end of it. And I feel like that's not a bad thing because it even still, like it's going to take me a long time to get to the end. And the reason that I ended up doing that is because I made it through like 10 rooms or whatever, and I beat the boss and then I got to a new biome and it was like the same thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's like 10 more rooms that I got to get to. And I'm sure there's a boss and like your health doesn't regenerate. So it's kind of like, whatever you pick up, you know what I mean? Like you could pick up a boon that gives you the power of Zeus and you can like electrocute enemies, but it's like, if you only have 10 health, you're not going to get very far. It's true. So it's very interesting. A lot of times you have choices where it's like, do I choose something that's going to help me permanently upgrade my character 
or do I choose something that I really need in this run? You know, it's kind of interesting and I'm having a lot of fun with it, but I guess the key takeaway is like the combat is really fun. And if you're just having fun playing a game, I guess it doesn't matter what the end result is. As long as you're just having fun playing a game and very much doing that with Hades. I think maybe we should check some more of these out, especially because like with zombies, it's kind of a roguelike and we both love that. So Hades sounds really cool. What platform is that on again? It's on everything. I'm playing it on the Switch. Just because, dude, I've been in a handheld mood, man. I'm playing a lot of handhelds recently. So decided so to pick it up on Switch. It was also on sale when I got it. So I was like a no-brainer. But you should check out the art because it, it's kind of cool. Like, I mean, like, you're very much like... No, yeah, I just Googled it. It looks really dope. Yeah, definitely consider it because it's, it's just like a fun kind of thing. But like, just know it's probably going to be a slog for parts of it. And I guess you just got to be cool with that. Yeah, man. You want to, speaking of games that are really hard, you want to talk about Elden Ring? Yeah, we can get into a Souls-like <laughs> game. Talk about Elden Ring. Oh man, do we just like hard games, Brandon? Yeah, I mean, we, we enjoy a challenge, you know, especially when you've been playing video games as long as we have. It makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. And yeah, man, I'm playing Elden Ring a lot. It's like my that one game that I can just go into and, and just forget about everything for a little bit it's really fun are you are you still playing on your samurai build i am i'm still working on my samurai build and he's coming along nicely i just defeated a boss at the carrier manor it was this really really difficult ghost that is on a horse and he's cool. yeah man he's a pain <laughs> he was he took so long to defeat i had to I had to grind to beat him, but I, I finally did beat him. I nice. got lucky. That's how I beat him. It's luck. And yeah. Sometimes that happens in those. Are you feeling like you got a, a better character, a more solid build? I, yeah, I definitely feel like I have a more solid build. I just have more options to do, you know, solid damage. I'm, you know, less of a, like, one-track-minded, tarnished. And um, I'm more ready to take on the you know, mid to late game bosses. Those guys are really, really tough. Yeah. So I did two big things recently in Elden Ring. And I I feel like I really like, I think I made the right choice with the samurai. I really like some of the, the cool abilities that the samurai has. I think they look awesome. And I've played around with some weapons and the katana is by far my favorite still. But because I, the one thing that the samurai does is they've got a great, weapon that you can use at range which is the bow and i don't know what it is man i'm very picky when it comes to bow combat because i love it so much and i hated it so i feel like i was really at a huge disadvantage for my build by not choosing to use the bow with the samurai and i finally grinded it out and i can use magic now and i have like a (laughs) i think the spell is like glint pebble which is basically like lowest level magic that you can do pretty much. And just doing that, switching to that totally changed the game and made it so much better for me. It's like, I can, you know, do damage at a little bit of a range and I can keep like, if there's an enemy that I'm having problems with, I can keep them at range, you know, and then swoop in if I need to, or like create space. And that's something that is really useful if you're trying to use the Uchi Katana, you know, just creating that space. And that was really nice for me. I'm really happy that I did that. With your samurai build, are you using the bow or do you have magic? 
I totally ditched the bow. Yeah, I think that's a good choice, man. I respect it. Intelligence, strength, dexterity. Those are like my three main investments. And in you know, I have a, a staff that I got from Caleb. I just sent you a video of a samurai mage kind of build setup in Elden Ring. Definitely follow that guy. It'll help you get set up with a lot of like good, good solid stuff for your build. Yeah, I might check that out, man. Because yeah. I, I think I might try and get a better staff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's he'll show you how to get that early on in that video. And yeah, you know, very, very versatile build. It takes a while to get the samurai to where it's, you know, he's really, really tough. But once you get him there, man, it's lethal. I bet dexterity is up there. Because you can cast spells super quick. You can do really, really good damage with your Ushikatana. I want to eventually get the dual wield sword and do like double blood loss damage. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, because that's something that I have. I don't remember what weapon it is, but I have something else other than my staff that I have on my other hand too. So I can switch to dual wielding swords pretty easily. And that that's a fun combo too. But so let me tell you something. <laughs> I finally reached a point where I hit a wall in Elden Ring and I had to change some things up. One thing I did was I finally got the, the magic, but I switched my controller back not quite to default, but it's a little bit, it's very close to default. I think the only things that are switched are like my square and triangle, I think are switched now, but I think that's pretty much it. And what I had done originally is I, I really hated pulling the trigger to swing the sword. I don't know why I just didn't like that. It didn't feel right to me. And I wanted to be able to hit X to be able to, to swing the sword or hit square, hit square to swing the sword. I really like that. For, for whatever reason, it just feels good. It feels good to hit the thumb and have that be the sword swing. I really like that. However, I hit a wall. And one thing that I didn't think about when I remapped my controller is when you do that, you lose the ability to move where you're looking and swing the sword at the same time. Because your thumb, instead of being on your other stick, has to hit the square button yeah. to swing the sword. And I feel like people are like, duh, like, of course, but I don't know. For me, it just, I just hit a wall where I was like, I need to be able to look where I'm swinging the sword while I'm swinging the sword pretty much, you know? And after I did that, it really upped my skill and I was just able to, it took me, I think probably an hour to get used to it. And then after I got used to it, um, I was just able, able to do a lot more and it feels a lot better. So that's good. Oh, do you see the, t- you see the timer again? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to try not Zoom another time, but I say we just keep going. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? No, I think I'm good on the Elden Ring. Yeah, I've got two things that I want to talk about, and I think with the timer, that's probably a good place to end it. So let's just keep going. But yeah, Elden Ring, I mean, it's still pretty hard, so I kind of bounced off it a little bit, but I jumped into another PlayStation game that we talked about before, but it's been really fun for me. I'm just coming home from work and playing for like 20, 30 minutes. I've been really enjoying it. That's No Man's Sky, which we've talked about before. Definitely fits that that chill vibe where you kind of just like like farming, crafting, you know, just existing, that kind of video game vibe. And I've, I've really been enjoying my time with it. I finally am getting to a point where I'm 
<laughs> might be able to buy some things that I want to buy. Cause at the beginning, it's very much a slog. Just to, you're just surviving. And I got a new ship. It's got some storage space in it. So right now I'm mining some things and I'm, then I'm able to put a large amount of the mined material on my ship, take it to a, a space station and sell it. And I did that for a couple hours last night and that was just really fun. So I'm a millionaire in no man's sky now, which is the first time I've done that. Actually, I think I had gotten there once before, but then I, I sold my ship. So I had to like buy another ship. So I don't think that really counts, but so now I have a ship and I'm a millionaire in no man's sky. So pretty, pretty pumped about that. So so that's been fun. Do you think you're going to check out no man's sky anytime soon? Yeah, I have it right here. Oh, shoot. On the desk. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I checked it out a little bit. I know you mentioned there was an update soon, like recently. Haven't seen Yeah, they just keep adding more stuff to it. I mean, that's one of the reasons I jumped back on. It's a totally different game than what it was two years ago. So I really want to get to some of that stuff. They have some mechs now. And you know me, man, I love mechs, love mech fights, love Titanfall 2, love that just mech vibe. So I'm probably going to try and get one of those at some point. That's kind of my goal. But what were you saying? I was just saying that I need to get back on that game. I definitely have plans to play it. It's just such a cool concept. It's like a spacey Minecraft. So I definitely have yeah. plans to get on that. One thing that I feel like really holds me back that I wish it didn't, I feel like I have such a hard time just like getting in my spaceship and going like I just want to make sure that I have like all the like I have like a stockpile of fuel and all the resources that I need and I feel like that's really held me back because realistically wherever you go you're going to have all those resources and I just feel like I should just let myself explore more so I think now that I'm now that I've got some cash under my belt I think I'm going to do that you should definitely check it out man I, I will say it does take a little bit to get into it. it takes a little bit to just get to the point where you know you feel comfortable and you've got some cooler items but once you get there i think it's a great great time yeah i just gotta invest that time into it man more often than not i've learned in my 22 years of life <laughs> things just need some time and attention yeah just like plants man my plants need some time and attention i need to water those things <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of my cactus i need to water my cactus but you know it's a cactus too it doesn't survive without water so i don't know if i believe that man because i feel like i don't know if i had a cactus and it's not doing well and i watered it i thought a fair amount but maybe that's why i think it no i think it needed more because it dried up and shriveled up i definitely needed to give it more water so i don't know Well, I have one more thing that I want to say. It's very quick. It's a mobile game. And I really think you should check this one out, Brandon. And and you too, listener. I think it was $2.99. And this has become my subway game. When the subway's not crowded and I can sit down, it's just become, (laughs) I'm waiting for the subway. I'll play it. I'm just chilling. Like I will literally play this. It's so cool, man. It's so simple. And it has like a great art style. And it really just like gives me like big Game Boy energy. And I just love that. So it's called Night Skate. And it's N-I-G-H-T Skate. So Night Skate. And it's only one input. It's just a tap. And you can tap and that does a trick. And the trick is really cool. And you can like do a jump. And 
if you hit like a grind rail, it just does it. And then you can jump off the grind rail and like land on top of a seagull. And then that'll give you like a multiplayer or a multiplier. Yeah, it's so cool. You could land on top of a seagull and you can like then land on top of a cone and then another grind rail. And then if you can just like get to a, like a street lamp or anything. And it's really cool. So basically if you like just mess up the trick, it just takes like points away from your score. But if you keep multiplying, it just adds up your score. And it's like a really cool vibe. So like I've only unlocked two places where you can go. Like there's like a seaside and a dark forest. And those are the only two places I can skate right now. But one thing that you do unlock is like different color palettes. So like, I think you start with like three color palettes and like one of them is the original green Game Boy. I think there's like a black and white one and like a really cool like purple. And as I've just gone through, I've just unlocked more and more color palettes and it's just been so fun. So definitely worth checking that one out. It's like $2.99. I'm I'm actually going to post some TikToks about it. So eventually, or actually by the time this comes out, there'll be some TikToks and you can see me just doing some cool tricks on this game. So check it out. It's called Nightscape. I'll send you the TikToks for it so you can you can check it out. But check it out, guys. Nightscape, another skate game. Thanks to Blake. We gotta make like a skate game episode, man. I'll get <laughs> I'll get back on the PS2 and get back on that Tony Hawk skate underground. <laughs> dude, I love that game. That game was so good, dude. Dude, I don't know what it is. I feel like I found my sports game, man. Skate games. We got to start skating in real life. I do, man. I do. I went this week. Oh, dude, do you have a board? Or I know you yeah. have a longboard, but do you have like a Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't skateboard. I don't, I don't do that. I got to keep my bones intact, man. I just cruise. <laughs> but actually, I got a great path on that place if you want to come up. I'll show you. There's a, a great, like a great path by the, the Hudson River that I do. Actually, there's two segments and it's um, like great boarding and there's a great like 10 minute walk in the middle that's on some rocks by the water. So you should come up, man. I'll show you around. Actually, you should definitely come up because at the very end of the route, so I guess like I'll, if I leave from my place, I do my skate route and then I walk a little bit and then I do another skate. That's the, I would say that's like the end of my normal loop. There's a, a bar on the Harbor, the very tip of Manhattan. And then they have like sushi and some drinks can do sushi and drinks and then come back board walk and board listen to this guy like <laughs> dude he's a salesman he's a salesman well, it sounds delightful if you ask me sounds fire <laughs> all right man well i think we'll have to end it up but follow us on tiktok follow us on on youtube and, and thanks for checking us out it, it means a lot seen some new listeners recently so thank you so much for tuning in the best way to help us is to share this with a friend or somebody that you think would like it And just thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again. Check us out on Instagram, support us on Patreon and yeah. Mm. Peace in the Elden Ring streets. Peace in the Nightsgate streets. (laughs) 